Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Well, I was supposed to be preaching next Sunday, not this Sunday. However, God had other plans. Anyway, um, my husband wasn't feeling well, and he was going to come down here and attempt it anyway. I said, nope, the Lord gave me a message. I thought it was going to be for next week, but it was for this week. You never know when the Lord is going to speak to you. I was um, minding my own business last night, and uh, you guys are probably going to think this is funny. Sometimes I actually watch the great British baking show on TV. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> anyway, I was, I was watching it, minding my own business, and I had, gotten a, um, I had gotten something from the Lord the day before, and I had told Mark when we were praying, so I figured it was for him, you know, because I knew he was going to be preaching. I was until next week. I didn't think anything else about it. Okay, so the, the British baking show is almost over. I'm just relaxing. Mark's already gone to bed because he's not feeling good. And all of a sudden, I start getting this download from the Lord in the middle of watching the Great British Baking Show. Don't disdain the Great British Baking Show. The Lord might speak to you while you watch it. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I was uh, watching to see who was going to win the competition, you know, and meanwhile, I'm having this conversation with the Lord. I'm thinking, is he just wanting me to write something down right now? Uh, yep, okay, so I go over to the desk, get my notebook out, start writing. <laughs> with blue laying at my feet, you know, the TV going, and the Lord's speaking to me. So I thought, okay, all right. I don't know what's happening, but I'm writing it down. You know? so, so then um, uh, I told Mark, I said, you should go to bed. You're not feeling well. And then still this morning, he's going, well, let's pray. Who's supposed to speak? I said, well, you know what? I got a download at 10 o'clock last night, so I don't know. There you have it. And he said, well, if you got a download, you're speaking. I said, okay, you need to stay home and go to bed. Anyway, so that's what's happening today. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I just thank you for this uh, time that we can be together and I just pray, Lord God, that you anoint me as I speak your word now, Lord, and that I'll be able to bring forth uh, what you spoke to me, Lord, in the way that the people can hear it and receive it, and we can all be encouraged. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So on Saturday, Mark and I have a, uh, it's good that we have this um, United 714 prayer going because you're supposed to pray at 714 in the morning. So that's causing us to get up at 714 in the morning and pray, which is great because now we're in a routine. We pray every morning and every night. And in our prayer, we usually pray that and then we continue on to pray for other things the Lord places on our heart and just our morning devotions. So yesterday, you know, I got up to just, you know, go to the bathroom because I was just waking up and get a drink of water before we started praying. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, let me get to the right page here. He said, um, first of all, the title of my message, The Unprecedented Times We Live In. Anyway, this is what he spoke to me. You know, I've just washed my hands, mind my own business. And <laughs> a lot of times that's when the Lord speaks to you. You need to pay attention, okay? It's usually not in the conventional way. It never is for me. Anyway, this is what he said. He said that um, there's an unprecedented opportunity to preach the gospel right now. An unprecedented opportunity to preach the gospel. Okay, I thought, wow, that's exciting, you know? And then I came back in the room, and I told Mark, and just the presence of the Lord just filled the room, okay? So what does this mean exactly? What does that mean? And unprecedented is, I'm going to read the Webster's definition. 
what I have written down here because, you know, we might know what it means, but it's always good to refresh our memories. So unprecedented is having no precedent, novel and unexampled, not done before or experienced before, okay? Fresh, new, novel, original, strange. I like that one. <laughs> Unaccustomed, unfamiliar, a kind of unheard of unknown. That's exciting. <laughs> I know, right? So when I was talking to the Lord about this, I thought, well, what does this mean? I've, you know, we've been talking about preaching the gospel and do it, doing that. We've been encouraging us. You've been encouraging us, Lord. But if it's an unprecedented opportunity to preach the gospel, to me, that means that it's not going to be like anything we've ever seen before. Because I was taken back to the 70s. We had that great outpouring in the 70s. A lot of people got saved. You know, and there's been revivals from many years ago that um, evangelists preached the gospel. Many people have gotten saved. This is going to be different. I really believe this is going to be different. I do think, um, can I get somebody to move this? Because I move back and forth. And I don't want to trip over it. It looks like something I could trip over. I know how I am. <laughs> I get caught up in the spirit, and then I just move, and I can wipe everything out easily. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Thank you, Matt. <laughs> yeah, way to go. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. Any, anyway, uh, I don't believe it's going to be like anything we've seen before. Fresh, new, novel, original, strange. It could be really strange. However, I think that because the Lord, I felt like the, when the Lord spoke that to me, he said, this is an unprecedented opportunity to preach the gospel. That means it's for now, Okay. It's not for next week. It's not for next month. It's not for next year. It's for now. Okay. Okay. So the other thing uh, that I felt he spoke to me is that the sickle has been placed in our hands and the harvest is about to be reaped. Reap the harvest. And I want to turn to Joel 3.13. There's a scripture that goes along with that. I got it marked here. And uh, we know that there's, there's a time of how you do the harvest. You plant the seed, the seed gets watered and it grows, becomes mature, and then that's when the harvest happens. So apparently, um, we've done seed sowing, we've done some watering, and you may or may not know who you have sown seeds to and who you have watered, but it doesn't matter. The Spirit of God will show you who you're to speak to. And the important thing is that if the Spirit of God is moving now to reap the harvest, that means it's going to be easy. Okay, that means we don't have to think. Praise God. Praise God. We don't have to figure it out because the people are ready. So all we got to do is put the sickle in and reap it, you know? Yeah, I like that. That's exciting to me. I was thinking about um, all the people that preached the gospel to me before I came to know the Lord in relation to this. And... Um, I remember I was down in Florida one time, uh, me and a girlfriend of mine, just down there on vacation, I got the gospel preached to me there. I went to California to visit some friends, I got the gospel preached to me there. Um, I came up here um, on the Alcan with my cousin, and we decided, let's see, he, he um, found a girlfriend along the highway as we were driving up to Alaska. Most of you guys haven't heard this part of my testimony. Anyway, throw this little goodie in there today. Anyway, he met this girl, you know, and they're just shacking up. Here's Celia and me. We're riding with him to Alaska, thinking he's giving us a ride the whole way. 
Well, he basically threw us out on the Alcan. Okay, now, I had never been to Alaska before in my life. All I could think of was bears. I'm going to get eaten by a bear, you know, on the Alcan. That's what I thought. Okay, and these people at this campground that we were staying at, they started preaching the gospel to us. Again, another preaching of the gospel. So, see, there was these steps all along the way. Now, I, in the meantime, I had gotten saved. I actually accepted the Lord in California um, when I was out walking down the street, and there was these two guys, crazy pre- st- preacher, street evangelist, hey, whatever it takes, right? Anyway, they found me on the streets of L.A. and preached the gospel to me. That's where I got saved, <laughs> on the streets of L.A. I know, with my girlfriend's Cecilia. We were just out there to have fun. We weren't out there to get saved. She didn't get saved, but I did. I got radically saved, and I just started going everywhere. Preaching the gospel in L.A. I felt like I was on one street corner and I got translated to another and I was just preaching the gospel everywhere I went. Anyway, so then, but I didn't have any foundation. I just knew that and a little bit of meetings here and there. So then we're going to Alaska. My cousin kicks us out of the car, but that was probably the Lord because, you know, these other people picked us up and gave us a ride all the way to Anchorage. They preached the gospel to us, you know. So again, I'm getting fed all the way along the way. See, this is part of the process of the harvest. There's the sowing of the seed. There's the watering of the seed. The seed grows, and then it's ripe for harvest, you know. So then when I came to Alaska, um, and I was invited to go to um, Abba Loop Church in Anchorage, and I, I, think it was, I think Mark was gone. Yeah, he had gone down to visit his family in Idaho, and I didn't want to go. I don't remember why I didn't want to go. Maybe I don't know. I guess I wasn't supposed to go. Anyway, um, they invited, invited me to come to church. And so then when Mark got back, I said, we got to go to this church. He was totally against it. I'm not going to that church. I don't know who these people are. Anyway, the Lord provided this guy who I found later was an evangelist from Avaloof. Okay, this is to encourage you guys. And the Lord had told him that he was supposed to pick us up. So he found out where we lived, and he came and picked us up. And I remember he said, he was offering us a ride, and Mark said, why do I want to get in with, ride, ride with you or something like that? And he said, because the Lord told me to pick you up. <laughs> and then he, then he really didn't want to get in the truck, but I'm all about it. Yes, this was the answer. Yes, yes. You know? So anyway, so then we ended up going to have a loop, and then because I had already gotten saved, they were preaching on the... Uh, you know, I didn't have any foundation now, but they're, they're preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit and baptism of water. And I'm like, this is for me, man. I was out of my seat. You know, and Mark thought I was totally nuts. You know, he was trying to get out. Back in those days, they had uh, long rows of pews. And, you know, you, we were totally blocked. You know, it was packed out. He was trying to figure out how he could crawl under the seat and escape. I know, right? And I'm like, yay, this is what I've been waiting for. Where do I go to get the Holy Spirit? And they said, this room right here, I ran over here. Where, where do I get baptized in water? Right here. I got baptized in water, and he came and watched me. He's just like going, she's lost her mind. <laughs> you know? But see, it was the time for me to be reaped. It was the time for me to be harvested because I had been prepared. The Lord had prepared me up at that time, and I was seeking. I was actively seeking. I didn't know what I was seeking, but I knew I was seeking something other than what I had. So now is it this unprecedented opportunity that the Lord is speaking to us about to preach the gospel. We need to be preaching the gospel, okay? So I think that probably the, um, the best way to do that, I started thinking about who can I preach the gospel to? Who do I know that's not safe? So I 
started thinking about all these, these people in my, my little realm of, of influence, you know. And, uh, you know, I just felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, don't, don't worry about it. Don't try to figure it out. I'll provide the opportunity. So we just need to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. And asking him, probably a good thing to do would be when you get up in the morning, before you go out the door of your house, <clears throat> when you're having your coffee or tea, whatever, just ask the Lord, okay, Lord, here's the day, here's what I got planned out. Is there somebody along my path that you want me to speak to? And he'll tell you. And if you're listening to him, that person will be ready to be reaped. Yeah. And it'll be easy, and you can put the sickle in and reap them. And they'll be at church next Sunday. Never know. <laughs> you know. You never know. I mean, I really feel like the Holy Spirit is moving. I mean, this was not, not like the Lord saying, okay, yeah, preach the gospel. I mean, that's in the word we're supposed to do. He was saying, unprecedented opportunity to preach the gospel now. That means that his Holy Spirit has been poured out across the land. And that all we got to do is open our mouths and speak. And he'll fill them. It doesn't matter if we don't know what we're saying. Each one of us has a story. Each one of us has a testimony that somebody can relate to. And all you got to do is tell your story. And once you start telling it, I guarantee you the other person's going to respond. They're hungry. There's hungry people out there. And I believe the time is ripe. Let me read this scripture before I get too far out there. Okay, Joel 3. Do we have it up there? We don't have it up there. There it is. Okay. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, go down, for the winepress is full. The vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. See, the vats are overflowing right now. And the Lord is wanting us to reach out and bring in the unsaved. It's the time of harvest. Let's see. So he told, he told me, he said, reap the harvest, preach the gospel to all you meet. The Spirit of the Lord has gone out across the land, and the glory of the Lord shall be seen. It's time to reap the harvest. Bring, bring the sheep into my fold. Gather the lost. Invite them to my table. The time is here. Okay, and now I want to go to Mark 4.29. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And this is a scripture, I believe, that talks about the where the uh, man was inviting people to the dinner, and there was people that uh, wouldn't come. They, they had other things going on. He said, go out in the streets, bring in the, the lost, bring in the, all the people. That's right. That's right. 429, where is it? That's not the scriptures. <laughs> it's in there, but that's not the one. This is another one with the harvest, okay? Mark 4, 29 says, When the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Okay, and the harvest has come. It's that time, okay? And if you read before that, it's talking about um, the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground. It should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. It's time to put in the sickle, the harvest has come. Okay, so that means that the grain has ripened. The people that are lost, those that he wants us to call into the dinner, are ready to be harvested. Now, they probably don't know that they're ready to be harvested. I didn't know I was ready to be harvested. All I knew was that... Uh, 
these two guys were preaching the gospel on the street, and suddenly I was like, wow, this is, this is what I was looking for, you know? <laughs> and I just knew it, you know? I mean, I wasn't in any church or anything. I mean, we were living in this little house that we rented because we were visiting some friends from Pennsylvania and California. You know, it was totally the most unlikely place for me to get saved ever, but yet I did because it was the time. And I believe the Lord anointed those two guys to preach to us. Now, my girlfriend did not get saved, but that didn't stop me because I got saved. I could have cared less. Once I got saved, I didn't care. I just started, I started, what's wrong with you? This is Jesus. This is the light of the world. What's wrong with you? Anyway, <laughs> I was radically saved. <laughs> radically. <laughs> I was one of those people that goes around and does crazy things. That's totally what I was doing. <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, I, couldn't, I couldn't find, I didn't know where to go to church. So I remember there was a, I think it was our Lady of Guadalupe Catholic Church that was near uh, where we were staying, you know, and I, I just couldn't handle all the things these friends of mine were doing because, you know, none of them were saying they were just all in the party and whatever they're doing. So I'd go over there. The church was just open, so I'd just go over there and pray, you know, all by myself, walk in the doors and pray. I know, it was great. <laughs> Nobody bothered me, you know, and they'd ask the Lord to help me. Yeah. So anyway, we, we need to be about the Lord's business. Let's see. The next scripture I have is Hosea 6.11, and I believe that talks about an appointed time. There's an appointed time for people to be set free. And this is um, talking to um, Judah and Israel. They had gone through a very difficult time, and the Lord was calling them back to him. And he was wanting to set the captives free because they had done some horrible things. It says, I've seen a horrible thing in the house of Israel. There is harlotry of Ephraim. Israel is defiled. Also, O Judah, a harvest is appointed for you. When I return, the captives of my people, when I would have healed Israel. Okay, it says, iniquity of Ephraim was uncovered. The wickedness of Samaria, they've committed fraud. A thief has come in. But yet the Lord came in and a harvest was appointed for them. And a harvest is appointed for us now. I really believe that. This is a reference of that uh, scripture in Mark 4.29 that I shared. Okay, so then Revelations 14.15. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> you know, preaching the gospel to people is kind of daunting. It is. I mean, let's be honest. It's daunting. You know, first of all, you probably have friends that aren't saved. You don't want to offend your friends. I don't want to offend my friends. You don't want to never see them again. But yet, if they don't know the Lord, they're not going to heaven. Friends, family, member, whoever. If they don't accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I don't care how good they are how many wonderful works they've done, uh, how many people they've helped. The Bible says, if you do not accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not going to heaven, no matter what you do. There is one way, one way to heaven, one way only. There's not Buddha and all these other gods that people are always looking to and thinking, oh, but it's, all, it's all together. They all combine. No, they don't. There's one way. The rest is all uh, phony, phonies. They're phonies, uh, demonically inspired religions to lead people away from the Lord. And you will never get to the gospel by following that. No matter how peaceful it looks, no matter how successful it looks, it's not going to happen. What did the Lord say? He said, I never knew you. 
these people that were trying to get into the king, I never knew you. I don't know who you are. And they said, well, we did this in your name, Lord. We did that in your name. Says, I don't know who you are. Because there's a lot of people that say things in the name of the Lord, and they are not believers. They are deceptive. Uh, the Bible talks about in the end times that there are going to be uh, people that come that will preach the gospel, and they will not be from the Lord. I mean, look at how the enemy decide, tried to deceive even Jesus. He, he took him up on a hill and said, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world, you know, if you bow down to me. And, you know, he rebuked him. He said, who, you know, get away from me, you know. I'm not, I'm not going to go with you, you know. You're the devil, you know. But any, anyway, we have to, it's a season where we need to draw clear lines and take a stand and not be afraid to preach the gospel, okay. Because uh, the harvest is here, and there's people looking, and we want them to find Jesus. We don't want them to find some other weird religion that people are actively out there presenting. We want them to find Jesus, because that's the only way they're going to get to heaven. I was thinking of my uh, family members, too, you know. And uh, <clears throat> over Thanksgiving, I had an opportunity to um, pray with... Uh, uh, a member of uh, my extended family, and that was interesting because I wasn't thinking that was going to happen, you know, but it was just a simple thing, and um, I prayed for healing for, for the man because he needed healing, and uh, he was very touched, and tears welled up, you know, and, and so I know the Lord touched him. See, you don't always have to, uh, you know, just say, you know, you need to get saved if you're going to go to hell. That's probably not the best way to present the gospel. <laughs> they probably will run from you. <laughs> but, but you have to be willing to do heartfelt service, what the Lord tells you to do. I wasn't expecting to pray for this man. That was probably the last thing I expected to do after eating a turkey dinner. In fact, I think he was still carving the turkey when I said that, yeah. Because <laughs> he was telling me about this condition he had. And immediately my heart was trying. I thought, wow, the Lord could heal him. So I asked him if I could pray for him. First, he said, no, no, it's okay. I said, really? I want to pray for you. I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. Well, okay. I said, okay, after, after, you get done, after we get done eating, we're going to pray. So then we had our meal, you know, and then people were going sledding and stuff. I thought, okay, I'm not going anywhere to pray for the guy. So anyway, I went up and I, I asked him if I could pray for him. He said, yeah, go ahead. I said, can I lay hands on your chest? Go ahead. You know, I have to ask. You can't just lay your hand on somebody's chest. They might freak out. I've done that before. Not a good idea. Not a good idea. They might think you're weird. <laughs> anyway, always ask first. Okay. So I asked him. He said, yeah, go ahead. So I laid my hands on his chest, and I just started praying for him. Man, I just felt the presence of the Lord, and I know he felt it too. See, that's how you preach the gospel. Because they need, they need the felt presence of the Lord. They need to experience the felt presence of Jesus. That's what's going to bring them to the Lord. Okay, not all the dynamic preaching you do and being them over the head with the Bible, whatever it is you think you might need to do. I tried that, too. It doesn't work. None of that works. Anyway, we need the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ and to be in the moment, okay? In the moment, hearing from the Holy Spirit, doing what he tells us to do. See, I didn't have to do that. I could have ignored that and thought, really? It's Thanksgiving dinner. Why, why do I want to do that, you know? Because there are many other people in the room who I also know and some of them I don't know whether they were saved or not. They're all just looking at me. So I thought, okay, I'm not going to look at them. I'm just going to lay hands on the guy. <laughs> you know? It's best just to do what you're called to do. And whatever the follow-up is, it's in the Lord's hands. And that's what I did. And I said, you know, I don't care what they think. I'm doing what God's calling me to do. 
you know. So anyway, I believe that next time I see him that, you know, there's going to be some kind of a, um, I don't know, there's going to be some kind of acknowledgement that or something's going to happen. I just believe that to be true, you know. So anyway, see, that's how we preach the gospel. And the, the other thing I'm thinking that's come into my mind, this person I've been really speaking to for a long time, I believe that she is going to come to know the Lord, though. Hasn't yet, but I believe she is. This is somebody that I prayed for at the pool. Now, praying for people at the pool is kind of awkward because you have various obstacles, you know, right? Okay, so this one happened in the dressing room. Well, I'm dripping wet in a swimming suit. I'm dripping wet. This person's dripping wet. Anyway, and she tells me how she's feeling. You know, she's just not feeling well at all. And uh, has her head kind of bent over like this at the sink. So I thought, Lord, do I go pray for her? I thought, really? Right here? I'm wet. I'm cold. No. Yeah, go. So I did. I went and laid hands on her and prayed for her. She got healed. She didn't tell me then, but she texted me later and she said, Wow, I don't know what that was, but I'm totally healed. I said, That was Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> you know? so, so it's a matter of stepping into the timing of the Lord. Being at the right place at the right time. Now, I remember that day. I wasn't even going to go swimming that day because I had other things going on, and I really didn't want to go swimming, and I wasn't even in a good mood. This, this is just how it works, okay? You need to know how it works. This is reality. I mean, I really wasn't. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I wanted to do my exercise and get out and go home. So, you know, that took me listening to the Lord and being obedient. I could have chose not to be obedient, but see, she really got touched. And I would have never thought that would have touched this person. I mean, I've talked to this person. We've been friends for years. Who would have thought, you know? You just never know. So, anyway, let me read this scripture. Revelations 14. 14, I'm going to start in. Let's see, what, have we got that up there? It's coming. Thank you, Nina. <laughs> Let's see, is it 15 I got up there? Yeah, okay. We'll start with 14. Then I looked, and behold, this, is, this title of this is Reaping the Earth's Harvest. A white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. Okay. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And that is what I felt like the Lord was speaking to me. The harvest is now. Now is the time. And I, I just uh, have this great expectancy of many people uh, getting saved and filling up our church and getting discipled and preaching the gospel and going out and many getting one to the Lord. I, I, I just sense that, you know. And it's so awesome because the Holy Spirit is moving right now, you guys. He is. I can feel it. I'm telling you, it's now. So... We need to be thinking about that, being aware of that, and move in what the Holy Spirit is doing. Okay, the other thing that I was thinking about today, I, I saw this last week, I want to tell you today, is uh, I've been thinking about all this going on. You know, we're in this, this uh, horrendous season that we're in, and we are in a war, okay? And I want to remind you, that was part of the prayer today, the Unite Prayer, was that Satan and his demonic hosts are going to be defeated. We need to remember that. We're in a war. We need to praise the Lord, have the high praise of God in our mouth uh, daily and be lifting him up because that's how we will enter into the presence of the Lord and we'll hear when he's telling us to speak to someone. We have to have that anointing upon us if we're going to be winning people to the Lord. It doesn't work without the anointing. I've tried that too. It doesn't work. 
Don't do it. <laughs> Learn from my mistakes. But anyway, we got to remind ourselves that we're in a war. And sometimes I remember that and sometimes I don't. And then, you know, Mark and I will be talking, we'll be going through stuff, and then we'll just look at each other. We're in a war. We have to remember we're in a war. Yes. We got to remember that. We win. Yes, we win. But in the war, we got to have, uh, what, did, what did the prayer say? We got to have our, our belt on, our swords that are tied, our shields up, you know, ready, ready to do battle. You know, going out, we're building the kingdom of God, but we're armed, too. Like Nehemiah, remember when they were building the wall? They had a sword in one hand because they were under attack, but they were building with the other. They were building, but they had their sword ready. That's the season we're in. We have to have our sword ready, still preaching the gospel, but at the same time, uh, keeping the enemy at bay. It says, resist the enemy, and he will flee from you. Resist the devil, and he will flee. That's true. We need to resist him. Okay, resist him daily, every morning. When you're putting on your armor, whatever you do, I always put my armor on every day, and I quote that scripture. Resist the enemy, and he will flee from you. I pray, Lord, help me to be sober today and be vigilant, for your enemy walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And then I say, I resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing the same sufferings are experienced by my brotherhood in the world. It's true. That is true. That is the word of God. We can stand on that. It's a matter of what we do, what we appropriate, what we allow. We can allow the enemy to take advantage of us if we're not on guard. And in a season of war, you have to be alert. Because when there is war happening, you never know what direction it's going to come from. So we have to be ready, armed, alert, preaching the gospel, and filled up with the Holy Spirit. Another good thing to do is, is uh, try to remember every morning to just invite the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come today. Lead and guide me. Come, Holy Spirit. Lead me in the path you want me to go in. I mean, because I'm totally capable of going an entirely different path altogether if I have my way, right? But I don't want to have my way. I, it's really important that we're in the Lord's timing now. The Lord's timing, because his spirit is poured out. Uh, his angel armies are out there uh, bringing in the lost. It says we can pray that. We can ask the Lord to procure those rightful heirs of salvation and bring them in. We can pray that. Yeah. So we can pray that, and we should be praying that. And uh, um, I know what I was going to tell you. Um, when I was um, sitting in church last Sunday, I was thinking about all those stuff going on. I, I think my mind was just a little overwhelmed because, uh, uh, I don't know, Mark and I were just... It's just a difficult season to be in right now with everything going on. We're getting ready to go on this trip, and there's just a lot happening. Anyway, and I was looking up here, and, you know, I've seen an angel here before, and one over there. There are two angels. But uh, last Sunday when I was looking up here, it's, it's like moved into a different configuration now. Hopefully I can do this without falling off the stage. <laughs> anyway, so this, age, this guy here is going up there to, you know, to wear that, whatever that thing is, uh, the ceiling is up there that kind of arches over. Okay, and then all across the ceiling, all the way across to this guy over here are other angels. You know, they're not big, they're smaller ones. All the way over to this one, and then this guy goes down here. So I'm going to have to go down here. Anyway, so we have this thing happening right here. I believe the Lord sent this protection for us. This is God's protection upon us. Right here, this huge angel is going up to there. He's joining hands with these angels that are all the way across, all the way across the front, all the way across. Oh, my gosh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to stand up and do this. And then down here to this guy. So we have this incredible, this incredible structure of angels. Anyway, it's great. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. I don't know what you're going to be. Okay. Thank you, Lord. 
Anyway, and the other thing when I was sitting here doing worship today, I noticed that, you know, Matt did these, this picture of angel wings on the front of the podium when I was sitting there. This looks like a heart. If you look at this, it looks like a big heart. I thought, wow, that's the love of the Lord. He's pouring out to us. He loves us. Yes. He sent his angels. We have this angelic heart on the front of our podium, and the Spirit of God is just sick in here. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, so I just want to encourage you. Be encouraged. The Lord is on the move, and I really appreciated what Larissa said this morning, too, because I believe that. I believe he's speaking to us. We're having spirit-filled messages every Sunday. I mean, we're having now messages. We're not talking about something that happened 20 years ago. We're talking about today. This is what the Spirit of God is doing now. Yes, exciting. Exciting. I might just take off. Anyway, anyway, anyway. This, this is the unprecedented time we live in. Yes, unprecedented. We've never walked this way before, but it's exciting. It's super exciting because God is on the move. Hallelujah. God is on the move. God is on the move. All you people watching out there online, God is on the move. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And I just want to uh, pray over all you online and all of us right now. Maybe we can stand because I sense the spirit of the Lord moving. I don't want to miss this opportunity. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you that you're here, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Thank you that it is an unprecedented opportunity to preach the gospel. Lord God, I just pray for each one of us that you would anoint us. Your Holy Spirit is here. Anoint us. Let your anointing fall upon us right now. The anointing to preach the gospel. The anointing to be instant in, season and out. To hear you clearly when you say, there's a guy over there. Go speak the word to him. And we will go. Lord, give us boldness and confidence that we will preach the word powerfully, mightily, without fear. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That we will take down strongholds in the name of Jesus. That we will take our place as rulers. As rulers. We are meant to be rulers here on the earth. Your sons and daughters, a mighty army of God. Thank you, Lord, that we are your army. We sign up and say, yes, Lord, we will go. We will preach the harvest. We will do it, Lord. You're calling us. We will yes. do it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.